Blog Talk Radio. Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Kim Lakin, and Nancy, Dr. Nancy is with us this evening as well, and we are your hosts this evening. We also have Bob from Australia. He's going to join us, so he's going to bring the topic in for us this evening, so we're excited to have him with us. Um, and here at NASCA, we have a single purpose, and that is to address issues that are related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect, and we do so with two goals. One, by educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, showing child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone, and two, by offering hope and healing through numerous paths and providing many services to adult survivors child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And you can reach all of that information um, about prevention, intervention, or recovery on NASCA.org. That's N-A-A-S-C-A dot org. Or you can join us this evening. We'd love to have you call in and be a part of our panel this evening as well and join in on our, our topic. And that phone number you can call is 646-595-2118. And we'll bring you into the studio and, and have you interact with our, our panel today. So again, that number is 646-595-2118. Or you can go to nasca.org and find this scan number or any other scans that we have done in the past. And that Tonight we're on scan number 3211. I didn't mention that. So that we're going to be able to find later. So this evening we have, um, oh, there's Dr. Nancy. She's on. Hey. And Bill. Hi. Good evening. Hi, guys. Welcome. Glad you're here. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing the opening. And uh, I appreciate you. 
we do have Mr. Bill on there and Mr. Bob, which is great. I know he had some um, show ideas he wanted to share with us, and uh, I think that would yeah. be great. Again, we're on scan number 3211, and if anybody would like to join us tonight on the panel, please feel free to call our guest line on the number 646-595-2118. All right, Mr. Bob. How are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Well, thank you. And for me, it's in, entirely appropriate that um, I share this topic uh, on this platform. Um, and um, I, I ask for your help in helping me channel um, what's coming through me. And the topic is how... Western society is actually set up to create child abuse. Now, I haven't I haven't written anything down. Uh, I'm going to do this like I do a stage performance and just follow my heart. So to enable me to do that, I would like to pick up the talking stick and share my answers to that statement um, and then put the talking stick down and then um, take questions from that. But it, it's really important that um, the process isn't interrupted. So, um, if you if you could do me the great honour of just muting your own microphones while I respond to that question, how Western society is set up to create child abuse, I would be so grateful. So, if if you're happy with that, then I'll I will proceed with. Um, answering that question, the results of the work that I've been doing since 1984. So do I have your permission to pick up the talking stick and proceed? Sure. Yes, feel free to share. Let's hear what, you're, what you uh, have for us tonight. Okay. Well, I'll pick up the talking stick and please, please, the flowing of energy through me is very fragile, so any interruptions will break the flow. So... Um, I'm just trusting on my intuition now. Um, so I'll begin my story. Um, when I was born, or when a baby's born, it's born with as a magical being. It's it's innocent. It's uh, untarnished. It's unprogrammed, but it does have a central inner knowing of its majesty and what is right and what is wrong. And then, so, the child's mind, or my mind, I'll own it if you like, was just like a, a blank hard drive on a computer. And as I went through life, more, I took on board more and more and more programs. Programs, things I was taught by my parents, things I was taught at school, things I got taught from just, you know, being in the social environment and things I got from the mainstream media. So all of those things got loaded into my mind as programs. And from those programs, as I went through life, the information I gleaned actually created my beliefs. So it's from my programmings that I got my beliefs. And 
in my own journey, um, it took me a long, long time to realize that there was a disparity between the knowledge I had gained, the programs that I'd uh, uh, followed, my beliefs, and my inner knowing. And it was at that time when the disparity got so great that I actually had my first panic attack. It was it was my body telling me, Bob, you're you're living your programming, but it's you're not following your heart. And my body was telling me that I needed to stop and stop being Robert the robot and start being Robert the being. And at that time that's when I started questioning everything that I held as true. And I realized that just about all of it was absolute lies. And I was so angry. I was so angry. But I started on the journey then of questioning everything in, in an effort to find my own truth. And how do I know what? How did I know what was my own truth? Whatever resonated with my heart. So that journey really began in about 1990. And it took me a while, one, to release the, the anger of uh, living as a robot. But it, I chose to do it, although unconsciously. Yeah, it took me um, quite a while to establish my own truth and, and live in it. And now... That's been the, the major part of my journey to contentment. And so, how does this society? How is this society set up to create child abuse? Well, it was all those things. Like um, in the fifties, the mantra was um, children should be seen and not heard, right? And spare the rod and spoil the child, right? And it was the abuse that I suffered as a child that turned me into a wounded person and hurt people hurt people and so that's that's how for me this society is set up to create wounded children and the wounded children grow up to be wounded adults and they either wake up and do the healing work or they end up hurting other people and then our society, instead of healing them, um, punishes them. And so, I don't know if that makes sense, but basically, what I'm saying is, I was, we're all born magical and innocent. We get programmed to behave and fit into society and to, to be normal, which is what psychology is all about. You know, normal behavior. What's normal behavior? Because we're all unique. But really, and our society is based on competition. Whereas I believe, as a social animal, um, our ideal um, arena is to live in a world of cooperation and compassion and community. And so until this, this um, underlying mantra of our society, which is divide and conquer, until we get rid of that and go back to um, unite and thrive, then our society is going to still create 
keep creating more wounded people that lash out. So I think that's pretty much what I wanted to say, and I'll put the talking stick down. And thank you for your cooperation. And my plans for this um, sharing with is I'll um, I'll download it and get it transcribed, and it will be the basis for um, hopefully my future uh, TED talk. So please, thank you so much, so much, and. I lovingly invite your questions, your responses, or anything that I can do to try and clarify my message. Thank you so much. The floor is yours. Well, thank you so much for that, Bob. Does anyone have a question or a comment in regards to what um, Bob just shared? Well... I wanted to say, Bob, that I appreciate your insight and your doing the work and trying to figure these things out because I think, well, we all know who's listening to this podcast. For the most part, we realize that there's got to be healing in our view. And first of all, just thank you for being so vulnerable and bringing that up and sharing your story. And, um, yeah, it makes perfect sense our programming directs our beliefs. You know, that's what a lot of people, I think, don't understand. And um, and I can think of a couple people that I'm around that just don't get that because everything needs to be just black and white. It needs to be just delegate. We're not, our minds aren't really made to be just black and white. There's so much complexity to us as human beings that um, you can't just say everything is black and white. But I think that when it comes to abuse, I mean, that's something that we need to be, and that's what we do on the show too, we need to be talking more about that and, and bringing that into the open. Um, and helping people to understand that that's where this is all coming from. I mean, I think you said you started in the in the nineties. That's when you began your your journey. And I, I got married in nineteen ninety eight. Oh, the eighties. Nineteen eighty. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you've been on that your journey for a long time. That's awesome. And I think that well, what I always or is that more people will start their journey at a younger age, you know, it's, it's so hard to say that we can stop this abuse. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I agree. Um, as more of us do the healing work, then more of us will be shining our light, and which gives other pe- people permission to shine their light. Now, um, just to clarify one point, um, um, for me, um, childhood abuse, um, I'm looking at it from a higher perspective. Uh, one, of the, one of the most terrifying moments I had was abandonment. And um, 
I remember being abandoned. I, you know, I lost my mum lost me, or I lost my mum in the supermarket when I was about three, three and a half, and I was terrified. But there was also an, another abandonment that was actually caused by the system. There was an emotional abandonment by my parents because they were so locked up in their own distress, they didn't have any emotional time for me. Um, but also uh, from the necessity within our situation for them to both be absent geographically, um, you know, both of them working very hard, they, they had no time for me. And that's an increasing trend in our society. Um, and so, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not casting blame. I'm not saying parents are, are bad parents. It's the system that we support either consciously or unconsciously that has forced us away from living our passion and getting an income from that rather and we live as wage slaves to get money in to to keep this corporate commercialization um, buy buy and throw away society that we live in and, and my, my fervent wish and my favorite wish is that slowly and as more and more of us actually wake up, we will get back to realizing that all we do need is love. All that we do need is community, people working together in common unity. And we can change society. But for me, the, the path forward is everybody has to heal themselves, you know. Um, Heal yourself, heal the planet is uh, where I'm coming from. And I'm just so, I just feel so blessed to be alive at this time in the ascension of humanity um, because we, we are now, we've just entered the age of integrity. And so our ascension is inevitable. And all this craziness that's going on in the world is that the old empire knows it's dying. The old empire, all empires have, you know, have a, a, a finite period. And this, this old empire that I call the beast knows it's dying and it's just becoming more and more frantic in its final death throes, which is why wherever you look around the world, there's all these ridiculous events happening. But I feel in my heart of hearts that we have won and the, the game's over, this spiritual war that we've been engaged in for, and I can't call it World War Three because it's been going on for hundreds of years, but really, really uh, went up, I got turbocharged in about 1880, 1900s, this spiritual war that we we were engaged in. We have won. We have won. So, yeah, wow. I just feel blessed. I've got tears in my eyes. I'm just just so glad to be alive and be a part of um, our global awakening. Thank you. I'll shut up now. Coffee, anyone? That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you for that. I am too. You know, it's not as scary as I think. But I, I agree with you. We are definitely.
happening in the end time. You see it even more so, I think, as, as believers you see it. And um, I don't know. I'm curious. When you started the topic, I was also curious if you were going to talk about um, or try and get some insight into the United States specifically, if there's a difference. Do you feel that there's a difference in the way that society is where you're at, Australia versus the United States? I mean, how we treat children, how they get the help that they need when they need help. Yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest problems um, with my brothers and sisters in the United States um, is, let's say, uh, Americans account for about 5% of the world's population and yet consume about 90% of the world's pharmaceuticals. Now, for me, my healing journey began when I could turn my mind off and get in touch with my feelings but and release them but I could not do that because there was a barrier between me and my feelings and it was the effects of the antidepressants that I was taking whose primary function was to numb me out from my feelings and if you and for me if you want a definition of insanity it's believing that by ingesting a chemical a petrochemical a toxic substance by ingesting a toxic substance into a creation of God a natural living soulful being how ingesting that toxin is ever going to heal you so the first thing the first thing I had to learn to do was how to silence my mind and I shared that before how I silenced my mind so that I could finally listen in to my heart and get in touch with my feelings. And now, for me, thinking is the weapon of mass distraction because while you're thinking, it's hard to feel. And for me now, I live in a feeling universe, not a thinking universe. And I experience this life through my senses. I feel my life. I feel the warmth of the sun on my skin. I feel the breeze through my flowing golden curly hair. <laughs> I hear the sounds of the kookaburras in the morning. I smell the sweet tang of the rotting mangoes. So it's through my feelings that I actually experience this life, not my thinkings. I'm living in a feeling universe. If I have a decision to make, I don't sit down and write a list of pros and cons that's what my intellect would have done. I just sit, sit there at the point, the decision point, and let my my heart and my intuition, my inner intuition, guide me. And the, the guiding light is, uh, if I have a decision to make, I suppose uh, the words behind that. Where is the love? Where is the love in the outcome? If I go this way, am I following the love? And that's what guides me in decision-making. So that's where I'm at. And if, I'm just a simple bloke. And if I can get there, um, anybody can. But I reckon the universe operates under the KISS principle. Keep it simple, sovereign. 
you know, if it's, and, you know, it's like Ackham's razor, you know, all things being equal, the, the simplest solution is the, is the right one. Uh, if your life's complicated, then I would, I would lovely suggest that, you know, your heart, your mind's in the driving seat, not in your heart, not, not, not your heart in the driving seat. But ever since I put my heart in the driving seat, my life is blissful. And I do have my ups and downs. You know, I am creator and I am master and commander of this life that I do create and I take full responsibility for it. And there are some nasty things that happen in my life, like when I lost my, my home, my boat, everything in 2017. And I was kind of devastated. But, you know, I sat down and owned it and said, okay, Bob, you've created this event in your life. What is the lesson you need to learn from this event? And the lesson I learned from that event was to totally let go of the attachment to things. You know, I saved my dogs and my, my crazy sense of humor, went ashore and found safe haven. And so although I'd lost everything, um, I learned that lesson and I reckon I paid a fair price. So even when the bad things happen, every event in my life holds a lesson for me. And I'm just going to sit and not deny it. You know, oh, they did that to me. No, no, no. Only I can do to me. Anything that happens in my life is because I have created it. And so hopefully, you know, I will learn the lesson every time. Sometimes I'm a slow learner, but I don't beat myself up over it. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> we could all be. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what, Bob? I I haven't ever heard a simple sovereign. I mean, that must be, you know, Australian. No, it's a thing because. It's I, well, I would like keep it um, keep it simple, like stupid, or keep it simple, silly, or yeah. You know, I've heard those other words, but I've never heard sovereign. So that. Well, do you want to know why I changed it? I like here. Why? Yeah, I changed it because I found that the words I use are my spells, so I do cast them wisely. For the universe is always listening and takes everything I say literally. Literally. Which is why I change keep it simple stupid to keep it simple sovereign. Because I am sovereign. I like that. Yeah. Good. And that's all it takes. It, all it takes. You know, when you go to school, the first thing they teach you is spelling, isn't it? But what they're doing is they're teaching you to use their spells, not your own spells. So I love creating my own spells. Like one word that I um, use now is when I sign off on a letter, I don't put cheers or yours sincerely. I put in joy. In joy. Because I am in joy and I'm sharing my message to you in joy joy and the other one is the word intimacy for me that's three words it's into me see 
So, yeah. Be careful with the words. I'm careful with the words I use because they do create my future. For me. I like that. Oh, no, I've heard that before from other people, too. Maybe I've heard it from you. Maybe it was you. <laughs> that was that. Well, it, no, I, I have heard that before. I think you're right. We create what we kind of manifest. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, and the universe doesn't care, you know. It, it does take everything literally. And also, the universe has got a wicked sense of humor, so, <laughs> which is probably why... Um, the universe and I get on so well. But the other the other principle that I coined about 15 years ago is the SUE principle, S-U-E, and that is we are all sovereign, unique, and equal. And everything else flows from that. Because if you believe that we are all one, then we are all equal. How can it be otherwise? Hey? <laughs> I asked him, Tough questions, don't I? <laughs> no, oh. I feel like I guess I was thinking. <laughs> you guys have any? Well, I, <laughs> I was going to say that I for me, to... your Bill. <laughs> I hope to get you feeling, not thinking. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's okay. right. Exactly. See? It just came right out. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It did, didn't it? I was, was going to say something. Um, you mentioned something earlier, and I, I was muted. I was I was speaking, but I didn't realize I was still muted. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I was going to say is, you know, you mentioned earlier something that's so true. You know, children, babies, they're a blank canvas. They're clean, pure, innocent. And a lot of times, some of the stuff that they're allow, uh, around, what they're taught, allows that to create a, a, a reality for them that is not what it's supposed to be. And so we do have to be careful on what, what it is that we teach them and what it is that, um, that we show them as far as, you know, what behaviors are acceptable, especially when it comes to allowing abuse or being abusive. And so, um, you know, we have to look at what it is that we're putting out as a community, why some of these issues are coming up in the youth. And so at the end of the day, like you said earlier, they are a blank canvas. They don't know. Uh, One thing I used to always say to my kids, and it's funny because this weekend I, I was with my daughter, and she was like, you know, speaking about a topic. And then she says, if I teach them that a tree is called a spoon and a spoon is called a tree, and that's something that I used to always say to them when they were younger. I'm like, look, whatever you put out, whatever you teach, that's what they're going to think is appropriate behavior or what they're going to think that is appropriate, period. And if you teach someone that a tree is a spoon and a spoon is a tree, then that's what they're going to call it because that's all they know. They know what we're teaching them. That, that is our teaching that's going into them. And when she said that, I just started laughing because I'm like, wow, these kids do pay attention. They do listen, and they do learn, and they save some of this stuff for their back pockets later on. Of course, you know, you don't think that they're listening or that they're um, learning, but to hear her trying to tell me or teach me something that I taught her, it was just, uh, I found it pretty funny. 
Um, but, yeah, so we do have to just be careful what we put out there and um, and make sure that we teach appropriately so that they can get the right information on, in this case, as far as we're talking about child abuse, on how to stay safe, on how to be safe adults themselves, because a lot of kids that have been abused become abusers, and some have never been abused that still become abusers. Uh, and we know that from um, a lot of the serial killers, when we study the, some of their behaviors, some of them have never been through any forms of abuse, and they just become terrors, nightmares to society. And so um, us ourselves, the ones that are constant and, um, and aware, we have to be careful what we put out there. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I agree, darling. For me, I would say that um, I'm going to put it. God doesn't make mistakes. Um, for me, um, science is the sickness and nature is the cure. Um, we are so so far away from the way we used to live in in communities. And there are very few tribes left on the planet that still live in the, within that community spirit. And I believe that's what we need to get back to, you know, to to each individual take total responsibility for their own lives, do their own healing work. But while they're doing that, you know, um, build a community, get be a part of a community. And that's what I've been doing locally recently because for many years I've sort of become a hermit while I was on this inner journey. And I'm more widely known on the internet as either the spiritual mechanic or Bill's uh, Bob, the doctor of depression, than I am locally. So um, I'm running support groups and putting together some presentations for um, the local library on topics such as the myth of mental illness and the gift of depression and, you know, the hero's journey. So, um, yeah, um, I realize that I love my internet friends, but if I trip over the curb and sprain my ankle, it's the person next to me in my community that can come and give me a shoulder to rest on. So, um, yeah, I've shifted my focus a bit. But I'm still out and wild on the internet. <laughs> you can't get rid of me yet. <laughs> oh, I love that. Can I say something? I was just talking to a friend this morning. We went for a walk together. and Our neighborhood used to be more of a community. And when I was raising my kids and, you know, there were several neighbors around here and we would get together for several different things throughout the year. And we'd have a block party, you know, even close down the block sometimes, depending on if we got it together enough, um, for the 4th of July. And then we'd have like another Oktoberfest because one of our neighbors had made his own beer. So we had to do Oktoberfest, and then we get together for Christmas. So we had kind of that community, and I was just talking with my friend when we were walking this morning, and one of the main people that, you know, was kind of, there was four, four of us that would kind of plan everything 
and one of that, the, the four of us moved out of state and somebody moved into her house and we were all like right here in the, like a square right by each other. And um, they decided that when they moved in the house, well, the first, I think the first two years we did our, our 4th of July and then a couple of years ago, they decided they were going to throw a fit about it because they have dogs and they don't want their, and their dogs get upset. I mean, their dogs aren't the only one in the neighborhood. And I understand that, but it's taken away our community. It just happens because we can't do the party thing. They don't even want, I mean, I, because several of the other neighbors are like, no, we're not going to make them mad. You know, they're in our neighborhood now, so we don't want to make, and I'm like, but they completely kind of, unfortunately, change the whole feeling of the community yeah. to have these parties and, and it's because and like you said just because they don't want to manage their dogs they want everybody else to be responsible for their dogs i mean there's many dogs well, in the neighborhood i know that probably don't like it i understand that's hard but <laughs> go ahead well one of the most liberating phrases i've ever come across is uh, what other people think of me is none of my bloody business and my life is none of theirs and I'm not here to um, assuage your feelings I'm here to to live my truth and as long as I follow God's law which is do no harm then they can go and take a run and jump you know and, and that, that's another sickness in Western society is this codependent behavior and this this political correctness bullshit you know oh I'm offended well I've just told you my truth and you're offended by it what do you want me to do you don't want me to lie to you which is the biggest sin you know yeah, yeah. or you <laughs> know just crazy. change what we've been doing for 20 years yeah yeah, yeah. completely change what we're I'm, doing because they moved into the neighborhood <laughs> Well, I would have said to them, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. You're here. If you want to be part of this community, this is what we do as a community. If you don't, we'll get lost. Sorry. <laughs> I'm yeah. a bit blunt, eh? Yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> Shame. But, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I probably won't be here much longer anyway. Unfortunately, but I want to stay in touch with my friends, so I need to stay connected to them. Well, there's another thing I've noticed since the 1950s, and <coughs> something that the, the dark side promotes, um, and I call it um, the evolution of corruption. Now, in um, when I was a lad. Um, on the TV, the horror movies, let's take Alfred Hitchcock and his birds movie, you know, um, and that shower scene where uh, the guy with the knife, you see him with the knife, but you don't actually see him stabbing the victim in the shower. It's left to your imagination. Yeah. But now we have been conditioned through TV and the media to see horrific scenes of people getting chopped up with chainsaws and stuff you know and it's like well oh yeah it's every day you know so that corruption that violence now has been normalized and you can apply that to just about every other behavior 
um, like when I was a teenager, we'd meet up at Friday night dance, and there might be a, a fight, you know, skinheads against the greasers or whatever faction. So in a fight, uh, you get knocked down, you're on the ground, there's a vanquished and a victor, and that was it. It was over, you know, and you you go to the bar and probably have a drink together later. You know, but now, if there's a fight and you're on the ground, they want to break every bone in your body. Again, it's the, like the, yeah, the evolution of corruption. You know, it's it's just been, corruption has been so normalized in every aspect of our life that people, it's just like crying wolf, crying wolf, crying wolf. People just accept it as the norm. But it's not the norm. It's evil. It's dark. And it's not the way loving human beings are supposed to relate to each other. You know? Gladly those days uh, will soon be over. (laughs) Well, even the whole school shootings and stuff, I, I would have never thought. Even when my kids were in school, and that's when it started, basically, when my kids were in school was all the shootings, and, you know, that they would have to have, now they have regular shooting drills, you know, I might have been talking to somebody on here about that. You know, it was scary enough to have tornado drills, but now they've got shooting drills. That's got to be just terrifying for these kids. But it's becoming normalized. Yeah, but that's their biggest tool in their armory, is fear. That's how they control the population, fear. Now, when I see these supposed school shootings, the question I ask is, uh, for the alleged perpetrator, I want to know what medications he's on or she's on. Because some of the antidepressants I took, I could have gladly just run amok, you know, it was, it was about 94, 95. I was playing at Fairbridge Festival and I just, about a week before, I'd switched on to Zoloft. And I was going around that festival and it felt as if I had fire ants crawling around inside my skull. And how I didn't lose it, how I actually performed on stage, I do not know. But I could have willingly gone berserk. And it was just because of the, and there are no side effects. Um, this horrible effect of this um, antidepressant Zoloft. So I would like to know, for all these perpetrators, what medications are they on and who prescribed them those medications because there lies the responsibility for me, you know, because they are psychotropic drugs and they know that. They know that. Tell you, we've been lied to. I've, well, I've been lied to since day dot. Thankfully, I, uh, I woke up and found my own truth. But um, yeah, and I love joining the dots. I think that's that's what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. Wow. Oh, more comments, more questions, please. I'm loving this. I want to know, um, Bill. You still there, Mr. Bill? Do you have any uh, comments or any questions? Uh, 
Was that a query uh, directed at me? I'm sorry if it was. I didn't. I didn't understand it. No, I'm just asking. Did you have any comments or any questions, or um, could you relate to some of what we're talking about? As far as you know, just so uh, much different topics that we touched on. But just wanted to yeah, hear from you. Yeah, just huge topics. Well, it's it's sort of our dilemma, isn't it? <laughs> uh, how to um, you know how to communicate with each other because the game's changed and it keeps changing, and uh, sometimes hard to figure out what's kind of a legitimate approach and what's not, you know. Um, but I think I think we're all allowed to have our own opinion as long as it doesn't hurt. You know other people, but then again, n- none of us have to be, you know, um, good neighbors of anybody else. I mean, I agree with Bob that we're out here, you know, trying to be, trying to be a community. I think. Well, I am. I'll say it that way. I am, and I've been doing that since I was a kid, and uh, you know, s- sort of a teenager anyway, preteen, and. Um, I've been I've been disappointed a number of times because I expected that more of the world is going to be as attuned to this concept as I am, and that's not how it works. You know? So I just do the best I can at this at this point, and uh, you know I, I I try really hard to provide some kind of service that's uh, going to be a benefit. Society and you know, um, and uh, and I let go. You know, right now I'm at a, at a place where I'm feeling I, I need to let go because um, I'm I'm um, I'm, at a, I'm at a place where I'm uh, a little confused. I'm also physically not in great shape um, and. You know, it'll either get better or it won't. <laughs> the way it is, you know. But I don't know. I work really hard to um, produce things like the community policing community and uh, the NASCA community and so forth. And it's it's um. And I don't mean I don't mean I work hard for two weeks. I mean I work hard for twenty years. You know. Uh, and I'm the mystery of me is is if there's any kind of formula, you know, any kind of magic formula. But I don't think there is. But if you just keep plugging along the best you can and letting go. I'm sure. Hey Bill, before you go, I'd just like to offer you my heartfelt thanks for creating this community because I do feel a part of this community and I feel a family connection to everyone within NASCA. So thank you very much for um, creating such a beautiful platform. And um, you're a a shining example of what I've been talking about is um, the best thing anybody can do is just to let their own light shine and that shining light attracts people like moths to a candle flame 
Yeah. And it's a it's a, it's a beautiful thing to do, and also it's um, you know nobody can take it away from from any of us. You know I I'm not here to fix anybody else. I can't. But uh, everybody's on their own hero's journey. The best I can do is the best that I can do. So thanks, Bill. Oh, you're yes, a legend in my book, mate. Yeah, you're definitely a legend to many. And we love you and we appreciate what you're doing for the community. I know I know it's not easy and it's heavy. And um, but you're doing an amazing job. And we just thank you for all the work and just for everything that you're doing to help heal the community and the world, really, mm-hmm. on such a high level. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not disappearing right yet, but I'm I am frustrated. I have to admit it. Now the worst thing you can do is to have feelings that you're not admitting, you know, because <laughs> then yeah. you're um, pretending to be something else. You know, I'm not I'm I'm through pretending. You know? <laughs> yeah, good a long time. Huh? Good on you, mate. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm here to be me. Well, Bill. I think like. Hey. Yeah. And I think we've been talking, yeah. Bill and I have talked a little bit about just, yeah, what I think you said in the very beginning, Bill, is that you have changed so much. You used to have a lot of people who always wanted, you know, people were always on the, the calendar to be on the show. And now I think it's more about podcast or the. Um, YouTube and, you know, getting the podcast on those type of things. We talked a little bit about that, but yeah, it's right. hard. I mean, I've, I've yeah. sent, I, I tell people pretty much daily. I talk to people about it. As a matter of fact, I do need to send somebody some information but, um, about now because I do think it's important and we need to keep supporting it. But maybe it's just this lull that we're in. Everybody was on computers for so long, maybe they're kind of, right now, I don't think that's true because I, I always see kids on their, their homes constantly. <laughs> People are still on the computers. They're just doing different things, I guess. My first um, uh, experience with um, trying to do a community, community on the computers was I in the 90s, they had a um, an effort called Chatazine. <laughs> it's, it was a magazine about chat because <laughs> I thought the chat was like the coolest thing, you know. You could actually talk to each other from no matter where you were and so forth. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it turns out there were all kinds of chats. So we were able to sustain it for a year or something. It was myself and a partner, Misty. And she was in Texas and I was up here and... <laughs> We would write things back and forth, and yeah, we had monthly um, publications uh, online that roughly uh, roughly were uh, featured on the the most um, current holiday. So, you know, uh, in February we'd have Valentine's a Valentine's version and so forth, <laughs> um, and. Um, it, it was okay for a, for a year, and what happened was I got I got sidetracked, frankly, because I ran into something that was fascinating to me, 
and uh, it was 3D chat. And 3D chat was, uh, I thought, going to take off. And I got into it to um, understand what it was all about. And, you know, it was it was a pretty new phenomenon back then, and it wasn't just little icons. It was, it was figures, you know. Uh, that you could close and that you could you could build apartments for and you could have housing, you could have plants and all this. <laughs> it's amazing. And then of course you could you would build a community of people that were like minded in this in this game. It's, it's kind of a game. Um, and who you befriended. <laughs> so I've been doing this a long time trying to figure this stuff out. Oh man. But I guess I'm not done yet. <laughs> You're so that not. was before NASCA. That was before you started NASCA. You were doing that. That was before. That was before LACP, before the community policing. It was um, when I got cancer. I couldn't. I couldn't really work. Um, and I had just gotten a computer, and. So it was like a tool that was sitting there in the living room that I could use to, you know, sort of build my skills on. But I didn't have a project or anything, so I made one up. And I decided to make it up with, you know, this thing called Chatazine with a friend of mine who, um, he was the, um, he was kind of the architect of the, of how to do it. And I was, I was the editor and chief of the, of the magazine. But it didn't take me long to, for I realized that, you know, I I had taken I took to the um, to the web, you know, especially to anything that had graphics in it, and I understood, you know, the structures and stuff. So anyway, that was the first thing, and um, that happened to be uh, before was before 2001, before 2011. Um, it was probably the year before that this was going on. <laughs> and NASCA's been around for like, when has it been? About 2008. Something like 2008, I think. Getting up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been there. And LACP, <laughs> the community policing site, launched it. Um, as my reaction to 9/11, because I was I was always in, involved in public safety, and I was really I was shocked that we were attacked like that, and I couldn't believe it. We kind of let our guard down. When I knew that this thing I knew about was called community policing, I knew that community policing could have made a big difference, but we weren't engaged in it back then. We've since become engaged in it, and now we've, we're on the other side of that. Uh, now, but but anyway, I, I started a nonprofit called LACP, the Los Angeles Community Policing. That lasted a couple of years, few years. In fact, I've only just recently stopped publishing the the, the website daily. <laughs> After all these years, nobody was really reading it. Wow. Nobody was, you know, contacting me about it, asking me questions about it. Nobody was excited about. it. But they can go for 15 years not being excited about it before I give up. <laughs> you can't say you give up. 
the trade. <laughs> uh, no, before I yeah. before I move on to something else. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, where is Bob? Well, Why? What? Do you have anything yeah. to say? Any thoughts? Yeah, well, what I love about the internet is, um, and the Mayans predicted this, the birth of the internet. These um, beautiful tribal people who had some crazy rituals, um, they, project, they predicted the birth of the internet, but they called it the birth of global consciousness. And what a beautiful definition for what the internet has given us. It has given us a global consciousness. You know, I can speak to one people or a million people in real time all around the planet, you know. So, and it's it's a necessary tool, I think, in, in our evolution and also a great way of us to build communities just through, like, sharing our stories. I reckon everybody holds a piece of the puzzle, and just by sharing our stories, we we help to heal each other. Yeah, so it's it, you know it's all falling into place. We have won. We are headed to uh, an existence that is just blissful, blissful for all. That's where I'm coming from. And you may call me a cockeyed optimist, but I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, so I I was wondering if um, you wanted me to share, or if I could share something, I guess. Um, Because as Bob was talking earlier about the impact of child abuse, you know, throughout your life and how that affects you know, kind of how it affected you and everything. Um, there's also like an economic impact financially on, you know, the, the society um, where you're living. You and well, so the statistics that I have here is basically the U.S. Um, I don't have Australia's statistics, but um, it says like the average lifetime cost per victim of child abuse is $210,000 a year in the U.S., you know, costing the U.S. billions annually because we're, if there's one in, you know, one in three girls and one in six boys or whatever, that's a lot of money. And I don't think even a lot of times society realizes the impact that it is having. And if they did, then maybe we could do something. We could do this whole prevention thing. So I just wanted to share that because you were talking about the cost and stuff. I mean, that's, that's huge. Impacts like delinquency and child, you know, special education. A lot of times we need that because we don't have the focus. And so they put us on medication, right, Bob? <laughs> That's what they did to my granddaughter. I was going to mention that earlier when you were talking about it. They, they decided it, when she came back from the pandemic school that she had ADHD and they put her right, you know, right on medicine and 
And two years later, she quit. She doesn't like it. And so she decided on her own that she was going to stop it, I guess, because my parents supported her. But I was frustrated with that. I'm like, why would you just, why can't you try different things before you just throw kids on medication? Because you're right, it does, it messes with their, their growing, being able to grow, because they're all drug addicts. They're all, I just wanted to share that a little bit. Yeah, I think she was listening to her heart when she um, threw the meds away. The heart, you know, her heart yeah. was telling her, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is not your journey, this is not your journey. And for me, um, broad brush statements are always dangerous, but I reckon um, my childhood abuse is what led to my depression. And I've been studying this topic since 1994. Um, and currently, well, the last figures I got from the World Health Organization um, were published in 2019. It's about the number of people suffering from depression. And they put it out at about 280 million. And since this three years of this COVIDiacy campaign, I could, I could easily push that number out to about 500 million people globally are suffering from depression. Now, 500 million in a, a global population of 8 billion, uh, that's a big number, right? That's the real pandemic. Um, but I do take comfort in the, the increasing rate of depression, which may sound bizarre. Um, and actually, the increasing rate, rise in depression, actually uh, tallies with the increasing rise in the sales of antidepressants. Now, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? So I do great gain comfort from the increase in the rise of depression because the more and more people that enter that state, the more and more chance there is that others will find the same pathway out that I did, that depression was just your body telling you to stop living your programming, go and find your own truth, and live your truth. So, yeah, for me, that that's a, a good sign, and it's a sign that we are waking up globally. Is someone alive? Is someone alive? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about time. Can we do it a little faster? Can we go a little faster? <laughs> Well, this world is what we create it, isn't it? You know, let's, uh, yeah. Yeah, the evolution, for me, the evolution of consciousness is exponential. And we've just turned the corner. So it will get faster. And it's not that time is speeding up. It's creation is speeding up. Wow, that was pretty deep, eh? <laughs> that was good. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, and you can even see it in our kids. How are, how fast the kids are growing up these days, too. They just can't wait. I mean, it's just so exciting to get out into the world until you figure out that the world isn't that exciting. It's more work. But I I say all the time that once I had my kids had kids, I became a grandparent. 
I think time like triple times because I used to, you know, when you're raising your kids and especially when they're little, you know, they say the days are long, but the years go fast and you don't realize that. You hear it as a, a young mom or whatever and you don't realize it and then you're like, oh, yeah, that really did go really fast. And now my my oldest two grandchildren are starting middle school. So I'm like, how did that happen? Because I'm sure I'm not old enough to even have grandkids, let alone having be going to middle school. <laughs> but um, the way that kids are have so much access to the computer, they're learning so much on a daily basis. They just like, you know, they're sponges. They take it all in, which is scary because there's a lot on the internet that, on computers that kids shouldn't be anywhere around. I mean, I think as we become more educated and we learn more about what ways we're able to keep our children safe, we're able to spread this message and and do it for real, take it seriously as far as um, keeping our, not just our children safe, but the community safe. And I think it's important to have these conversations. The more we have these conversations, the more we get educated. And so I really appreciate everybody coming forward and sharing. I think it's so important. Can we, let me, um, I want to make sure that we put that number out there again for people to be able to come on if they're interested in joining tonight and sharing. And the number is 646-595-2118. We want to encourage you to call in. And to be a part of tonight's panel, we have uh, we have a lot of different topics going on, but the topic is still in the area of how to keep our children safe in our community. And the more we talk about it, the more we're able to do that work. And so we hope that you can join us tonight. Uh, we're on Stop Child Abuse now, and we're on scan number 3211. So please, again, the number is 646-595-2118. All right, y'all. Anybody else have any other comments or any other questions? Hello. No questions. I don't know. If there weren't any, then it was silence. <laughs> no questions. No comments. Well, the hello yeah. was to encourage exactly what I got out of y'all, so it worked out great. <laughs> I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in. Yeah, um, go, ahead. go ahead. Thank you. I'd just like to thank you all for um, providing this opportunity for me to put together uh, this little story um, that's now going to be the groundwork for um, future presentations. Um, hopefully uh, TED Talks and Blue Talks and stuff like that. Um, so if anybody wants to know where it started, you heard it first here on NASCAR. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for, for providing that space. Oh, boy. Yeah.
I think the can you mention them when you're up there on the TED Talk? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> mention NAFTA yeah. when you're out there doing your TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do promote I do promote NASCA on all my media channels, um, and any and and to people that I um, um, that I have as clients, you know. So you know, if you want, here's a great support community, you know. Um, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I, you know, I don't have your answers, but um, yeah, everybody holds a piece of the puzzle, eh? So yeah, wherever I can, I, I promote NASCAR. Yeah. Have you done any TED talks before? No, no. I'm just, I'm just finding out how no. to apply. But I'm starting off by doing presentations in my local community to sort of. Um, it's like being on stage, you know, the first time you do a new song, it's a bit shaky. But um, by going over it and over it, you tend to get it polished. So hopefully I'll be up to um, concert level um, by the time I get accepted to do a, uh, a TED Talk. And I've also got a possibility of being interviewed by um, a major uh, blog talk radio channel that's got an audience of millions and and that's that's kind of in the pipeline and so that that interview alone will be a major springboard for me to get my message out there about the gift of depression you know yeah so yeah I'm content and I I totally trust in my own process so um, yeah 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 no worries mate as we say in Australia. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I was just, um, my, yeah, my son and um, his fiance have gone to a couple of TED Talks in Colorado when they're here. I guess they come, or they do it like every six months in Colorado. And um, this last weekend, they were both over there volunteering. So if they volunteer, then they get into the pet talk for free. It doesn't cost anything. So I said, next time in six months, I'd like to go with you if you'll let me. Because <laughs> I think that would be really interesting, too. And maybe I'll think about that, too. You never know. We all have something to say. We should all do it. <laughs> well, one, of the, one of the most powerful TED Talks I ever saw was by a guy called Leon something and it was called The Art of Listening so you know if you go go on Google and just search uh, The Art of Listening Leon TED Talk and it really explains the principle of the, the talking stick and how it's been used for thousands and thousands of years to provide an equitable platform and a safe place for people to share their truth and it's a it's a really beautiful uh, presentation so that's Leon he's Leon Berg uh, the ancient art of listening anyway hope you follow through on that and I, yeah I, I think actually, I have heard that one I, yeah I've actually uh, run out of things to say I think I'll post the link in the NASCAR Facebook page. But that's me done. I'm empty. I'm 
I'm empty of words <laughs> and full of coffee. <laughs> hey, I'm going to send you a picture of my talking stick, Bob, because I, um, I found it the other day. And I took a picture of it, and I was like, I'm going to show Bob my talking. It's not near as fancy as the one that you posted that one day, but um, I think you're right. I think if we all use talking sticks more often than, or just that concept, then we'd all maybe listen to each other a little better. Stop and listen. Well, there is a, there is a difference between listening with the heart and hearing with the mind. And the simple explanation is when I'm hearing somebody sharing their truth and I'm hearing with the mind and the mind's going, oh, yeah, quite like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, no, I didn't like that. Oh, no, no, he's way off mark now. If he keeps on like that, I'm going to have to interrupt. And that's hearing with the mind and the egoic response. But listening with the heart is simply... A position of silence, a position of respect, and taking on board the data that's being yeah. shared with the realization that all I can say really is thank you so much for your sharing. I now know you better. And for me, that's the difference between listening with the heart and hearing with the mind. Wow, another deep. <laughs> Yeah, that was. Yeah, you just get deep. Yeah. What's up with him? I'm just channeling, Bill. Oh, wow. We love you. Oh, yeah, we love you. Did you get the talking step, Bob? I heard somebody, it sounded like somebody's computer was open when I sent it. <laughs> well, what else, guys? We have 15 minutes left still. Someone talking on mute? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh. I was. I'll mute. I guess I was wondering. I was like, okay, so what does a talking stick look like? For those who've never seen one, can we describe it? Is it a stick like a microphone or just a stick like a stick? Like what is a talking stick? The best thing to do is make one of your own and let your own creative um, intuition yeah create what for you will become your talking stick I mean I did I had um, I had one made and I'll I'll post it Um, I'll just post it to you but yeah I I think when I started well, what, when I, I know when I started using them was when I was doing the grease support groups for children, like 20 years ago. And um, that's how I was taught to let the children have a, you know, a turn. Um, either do like a, you could also do a teddy bear or, you know, a stuffed animal, any kind of stuffed animal or really anything. It doesn't matter. It's just you're passing the, you know, that 
talkie is set on and it's that person to talk and everybody else needs to be quiet. And that was just a, you know, kind of more of a textile way to understand that you're, it's your turn to speak and mm-hmm. when you're speaking, you know, and you have to talk to sticks and you, when you don't have to talk to sticks, it's not your turn. So, yeah. And I think that people use it a lot in different, probably therapies in different groups and stuff. I don't know, did they ever use that in like your um, 12 step programs or anything? Did you guys use that or you just go around and take turns talking? Well, I've, I've, sorry. Um, right. I've used it extensively. Um, like when I was a project engineer, at the end of the project, I would get all the contractors together and we'd have ceremony. Uh, sharing the talking stick, okay, um, what went well, what didn't go so well, what can we do better next time, and get everybody to, to share. Um, and that's such a, an important aspect of taking that team and moving them forward to, to achieve better things more easily. And when I worked on tall ships, um, and the crew on the tall ship at the end of each voyage we we go through the same process we gather the crew in the main saloon and we used a belaying pin as our, we had a special mahogany belaying pin as the talking stick and we just pass it around the group you know for them to share what was ever whatever was present for them so you can use it anywhere you know anywhere it's a great way of creating the safe space, knowing there's no judgment, that people are just there to listen to you sharing your story, sharing your truth. Yeah, let's, let's all start making talking say. <laughs> yeah, and they've got, so I was just looking up on Wikipedia. There's a lot of big words in here, I don't understand. But it, uh, basically it says the talking stick, also called speaker staff. So I guess that's also there's a name for it, which makes sense. I mean, that would sound a little more sophisticated, I guess, when you're an adult instead <laughs> of a talking stick. But um, they wow. talk about how it's just different ways for, you know, multiple people to, to take turns and um, are used only by the leader as a symbol of authority and the right to speak in public, I guess. Way back in the days, they've got they've got an Indian sitting on on the picture that I see on this on this page of him, and he's got this big like stick. It, it looks like a walking stick almost, but it then it's shaped like a totem pole. So I mean, it just really depends. You don't have to have a certain yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a Bob walking stick a lot is more not a, It's not like a totem pole. Stick. That's too, way too big. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, like, well, it's the size, it's, walk, it's the size it's of a talking walking stick, stick. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. no, the one that I have is just, you just hold it in your hands, you know, because we were doing it for kids. And stuff. Okay. So it's not like that big, but <laughs> yeah, you can look it up and see. I think there's all different uses, like Bob would say, yeah. But um, yeah, he posted one on here that's really cool. It's fancy. I think I was at a 
some kind of like a craft fair or something. I was doing Mary Kay back then, and I used to always do these fairs, you know, my Mary Kay products. And um, somebody had like a woodworking sex station, and the talking stick was on my mind. And so I brought it up, you know, just asked them if they would be interested in making me that. And they did it for me for free, too, so I didn't, you know, because I was using that as a support group. So, yeah. Do they use them, like, in the 12-step programs or anything? Did you ever have them, Bill, any of your programs? Uh, they use them in the Indian community, in the indigenous community. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah. not necessarily... Not necessarily a stick. It can be a stick, but it doesn't have to. It can be uh, something softer that you pass around a circle and send it to the next person. You know, you don't have to throw a stick at somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, per the person that has the has the uh, item, you know, has the floor. Bob's Bob's been explaining. Most AA meetings, you know, if they're talking about meetings with a lot of sharing, you know, it's get three minutes to share. So it's kept short, deliberately. Otherwise, certain people would take up the whole meeting, <laughs> the whole meeting. <laughs> <It's true>. uh, yeah. <laughs> no. So by design, they're only they're only three minutes or five minutes. No longer, and then you, and then you have to call on somebody else. Give up the flooring. Sent it in the Nazca show host thing. If you guys you what? I sent the the two pictures, the one that I have, and the one that oh. um, Bob sent over. Talking sticks. I put them in the Nazca show host messengers messenger thing. You want to see what they look like. <laughs> yeah, I see them. I'll take a look. You just posted it? Yeah. Yeah, I just posted it. It looks like a baton. Bob says a lot. Thank you. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? The one that I got that I had made. Yep, and yep. I didn't know what it was going to look like when I, um, you know, when I asked him to do it. And, of course, this one like a feather. Yeah, I like that one that Bob that's a fancy okay. one. So you posted it on NASCA or you posted it on your page? Uh, it's on, no, it's I put on it on the, the NASCA. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, G the uh, what do we call it? Yeah, the messenger. 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 The hosts, cross hosts, we hosts. Okay. Oh, on our chat. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, on the chat. You got to try and keep ahead of yeah. her. It's not easy. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to. I have so many different platforms. Uh, double check. I'm like Instagram, Facebook. Whatever. Okay, so I see it here. Talking stick. And it's literally a wood stick. Okay. Got it. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate that. I wonder where this concept first originated from. 
if anybody has any historical background on this talking stick. Yeah, yeah Bill was just saying it was like from the indigenous community. Yeah, yeah. Kind of started so. it. The feather. Indigenous okay. Yeah, so my, yeah. my understanding of the phenomenon is that um, in the um, in tribal communities, there used to be a sort of weekly meeting in the in the village hall, and everyone that was a, an emotional adult that had been through the rites of initiation into adulthood um, was would attend and everybody did attend because they knew that they would get a chance to speak and so they go to the the town hall the village hall and turn by turn they would share their concerns about what was happening you know why are the crops failing or my neighbor you know just broke my fence blah, blah, blah. but everybody got to share and the meeting went on for as long as it took for everybody that wanted to share to share what was their issue and at the end um, there would be a summation where the elders would sit in council and decide on the, the common way forward the win-win situation and so for me that was the like it's its primary goal and I think that's such a beautiful thing isn't it you know it's like there's the elders were they were elders because they were you know they were voted to be elders by their community because of their wisdom and their and their fairness not because they had a bigger stick than anybody else you know or more cows or more more camels um yeah and I think there's a valuable lesson that we've lost um, in the way we, we run our own um, countries or <laughs> that we need to get back to. It's a beautiful concept, eh? Really, it is. Well, this one, looking at it even uh, closer, that says talking stick on it, it, it it's a baton. It, it, I I, used, I worked as a security guard for a couple of years. <laughs> My baton <laughs> was about 20 inches, which it looks like this could be, you know, cause, and, and it was dark, darker wood, but it had the leather thing on the end and so forth, and it had a little sort of indented <laughs> uh, handle. Oh, did it? Was it? Very similar. <laughs> very similar. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I guess you're, you're right now that you say it. I just. Like I said, I didn't know what it would look like. I just kind of explained to him what I needed it for, and then he just sent it to me. So I didn't even. No, I don't think it matters. No. It's the same no, thing. What as it was. So, no, it's just, a baton in a, yeah. It's <laughs> passing a baton in a race, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. As long as the kids don't decide to hit each other with it. <laughs> no, they didn't. They were good. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, we though. <laughs> we want them to stay safe. Thank you. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting, though. Um, I know that we've talked about this talking stick in the past, but I thought it was pretty interesting. So I'm going to do a little research, so maybe next time I may have something new to share. But um, So we're getting ready to wrap up, and... It's always a pleasure for us to be able to come together and share and encourage each other. 
in our own healing journeys. And I thought tonight was a pretty rich night. It was a lot of information and a lot of encouragement and a lot of resources. So um, would anyone like to say anything else, share some last words before we close out? We have one minute. Well, I just want to thank you uh, for having the show, uh, the show, the, the meeting tonight, and I appreciate it very much. Well, thank you, Ben. We appreciate it. I just yeah. like to say, now go, out, go outside barefoot and do something silly. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Okay. All right, well, Ms. Kim, do you have anything you want to say before you close out? No. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. God bless. Good night. Another tomorrow. Cause that's gone.